This is Solid Talk. Speaking out loud in depth. Check it out. Speaking out loud in depth. Cancel culture can't keep me in check. In front beginning, gotta tell us what's next. True believers, they can come and connect. Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect. God bless you, family. Praise the Lord. My name is Brother Greg. This is Solid Talk, speaking out loud in depth. And family, listen, I put up a poll. I asked you, I gave y'all two options. Which topic do you want me to speak about tonight? And y'all chose violence. <laughs> y'all chose violence. For a moment, it was neck and neck. But y'all said, you know what? We're going to get Brother Greg canceled. We about to get him in the doghouse. We about to really get him in trouble. Because y'all see the title of tonight's Solid Talk. And the title of tonight's Solid Talk says, Black women, sassy, haughty, and sexy. So right off, Rip, I'm going to ask you a few questions and just ask you what comes to mind. But the first question I want to ask you is, when you read that title, what are you thinking? When you see me put that title up as a man, what's, what's coming to mind? What emotions are coming to mind when you see that title? What are you thinking? Are you wondering what I'm about to speak about? Are you tired of people having black women in their mouths? Are you wondering, is this just another uh, battle of the gender wars? What's coming to your mind when you read that title? And so I want you to think about that for a second. And we about to get into why I came up with that title. And I'm, I shouldn't have to do all of the disclaimers. I'm not even going to say them, but y'all should know what the disclaimers are. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Everything doesn't apply to everybody. It's a shoe fits, wear it type deal. If you've been a black man and you live long enough, you know the sacred golden calves that you can't speak against. You know the idols that are above reproach that you can't criticize. And I'm going to be discussing them tonight. I didn't come here to battle. I didn't come here to fight. I'm coming here to have a discussion. And so the link is in the description. But let me get into it so y'all can know which I even will be discussing, right? So at my job, we have a pretty strong diversity, equity, inclusion, and accountability vibe at my job, for lack of a better word. That's one of their primary agendas. And so whenever there's a holiday there's usually a program. So if it's Asian um, Asian Pacific American month, we'll have a program. If it's uh, LGBT month, we'll have a program. If it's Women's History Month, we'll have a program. Native American History Month, we'll have a program. And so every now and then I'll attend these programs, right? But when I attend these programs, I attend them with a grain of salt because what I'm learning is that as I become a born-again believer, right, my thinking is not always in alignment with the thinking of most people. And so I recognize that when I come into this, right, I come into it uh, countercultural and I take things with a grain of salt. And a lot of things that I'm familiar with and I've seen before when I put on a spiritual Holy Spirit lens, I begin to see them differently. And so there are some benefits to DEI that I can think of, but I know a lot of it is all about inclusivity. And as a believer, I don't include everything into my life. And so I'll give you an example of why I go into these things with a grain of salt. We had a Native American History Month. 
they were doing some sort of uh, cultural dance that was supposed to be like a healing practice. And they were talking about how it kind of channels their ancestors and, and all of this stuff. And it dates back to this. And they were even talking about some of their belief systems. And so when I sit in on this program, I sit in on it with my Holy Spirit guard up. I can acknowledge it, but I don't have to receive it. And it's because now I see things through a different lens. And so tonight I'm going to challenge our lens. I want to ask the women a question. Um, most of my audience demographic wise is black women. So I'm going to ask a few questions, right? What defines you as a black woman, as a woman in general? Because this, this, this isn't only for black women, but you'll see in a minute why I'm specifically talking about black women. What defines you? Where does your strength come from? Can your greatest strength or can a strength become a weakness? And I want to explore that. So at my job, we had Black History Month presentation. We had a program and we were fortunate enough to have the grandson of Maya Angelou come and be our keynote speaker. We also had a woman come and perform who was a spoken word artist. And this young lady, probably in her early 30s, beautiful young lady, dark-skinned young lady. Uh, I think she actually may have been from Africa. She had a slight African accent, um, fit, you know, appeared to be relatively feminine. She's a spoken word artist. And so she gets up to perform some poems. And since Maya Angelou's son, uh, grandson, excuse me, was there, right? She opened up with a poem that was written by Maya Angelou called Still I Rise. Now, Still I Rise is one of the most iconic poems in the black community. I don't know about y'all, but I, I've heard it several times over the years. I have probably heard it as early as elementary school. I can't tell you when I first heard it, but it wouldn't surprise me if I've heard it as early as like elementary school, definitely middle school. And I've heard it often because it's often recited, it's often quoted. It's arguably Maya Angelou's greatest poem, right? And so I begin to listen to this young lady perform the poem entitled Still I Rise. And this very slight she's probably like five 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 six you know like i said um then she wasn't skinny you know but you know just fit type woman she begins with this thunderous voice this thunderous voice and so what i want to do is i want to read the lyrics to the poem still i rise right because remember that first question that i asked you when you saw the title of this solid talk what type of emotions did you feel What's your mindset? Where do you think that I'm going with this? And so I'm going to pull up this poem by Maya Angelou called Still I Rise. And I just want to get it up on the screen by the grace of God. Glory to the Lamb of God. God bless everybody joining there. Came to see me get canceled tonight. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> Y'all chose violence. All right, so let me share my screen. Now, <clears throat> here's the poem. Still I Rise by Maya Angelou. You may write me down in history with your bitter, twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt 
but still like dust, I rise. Does my sassiness upset you? Why are you beset with gloom? Cause I walk like I've got oil wells pumping in my living room. Just like moons and like suns with the certainty of tides, just like hopes springing high, still I rise. Did you want me to be, did you want to see me broken, bowed head and lowered eyes, shoulders falling down like teardrops, weakened by my soulful cries? Does my haughtiness offend you? Don't you take it awful hard? Because I laugh like I've got gold mines digging in my own backyard. You may shoot me with your words. You may cut me with your eyes. You may kill me with your hatefulness, but still like air, I rise. Does my sexiness upset you? Does it come as a surprise that I dance like I've got diamonds at the meeting of my thighs? Out of the huts of history, shame, I rise. Up from a past that's rooted in pain, I rise. I'm a black ocean leaping and wide, welling and swelling, I bear in the tide. Leaving behind nights of terror and fear, I rise. Into a daybreak that's wondrously clear, I rise. Bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave, I am the dream and the hope of the slave. I rise, I rise, I rise. Okay. So it goes without saying that one of the reasons why this poem got extremely popular is because it's perceived as a poem of empowerment. And so the idea behind this poem is the experience of the black woman in this country and the adversity that she's faced and how even in the midst of adversity, she still finds the strength within her to rise. When all the cards are stacked against her, when things are not in her favor, she still is able to rise. And so I don't have an issue with the goal of this poem. <laughs> I don't have an issue with the goal of this poem. I don't have an issue with, um, you know, acknowledging the black woman's struggle, appreciating the struggle, appreciating her adversity. It is an amazing thing. Right. But as I told you a moment ago, when I listen to things now, I listen to them through a different lens. And if I'm being honest, when this woman got done with the poem, I couldn't help but leave out of the poem saying, man, that's almost the complete opposite of the Bible. <laughs> okay. And so uh, let me be clear. I'm not saying that the entire poem is bad. I'm not saying that there aren't certain parts that aren't good. Right. But remember the title of tonight's Solid Talk. I entitled it Black Women, Sexy, Sassy and haughty. Now, coming from me as a man, right, 
because uh, you know people don't like when when people from other groups say or criticize anything from a from a, from their group, right? <laughs> so I think it was recently something that went around where this Republican dude was uh, talking about how black people are going to vote for Trump because black people like sneakers and Trump just came out with a sneaker. And so he's effectively going to get canceled <laughs> because there's certain things that you just not supposed to say if you're not from that group. And so I entitled this very specifically because I wanted to use the exact words that Maya Angelou used in this poem that she deemed as a badge of strength. And so what I really want to talk about tonight is where does the black woman find her strength and where does the black woman find her identity? What does she make her boast in? Because if I'm being honest, I've noticed that sassiness, haughtiness, and sexiness are all heralded in the black community when it comes to black women. I see it on Facebook all the time. Oh, uh, look, look, such and such just turned three years old and she's just so sassy. It's just the cutest thing ever. I had a magazine delivered to my house. It was like Maryland Health Magazine. And on the cover, they had they had an article in there about this young, the young black girl that had been sick. And I guess she had some form of cancer or something. And, and she was nursed back to health and feeling much better. And they was like, she's she's happy and just as sassy as ever. And she's like five or six years old. And so I see this thing all the time where it's like we praise sassiness when it comes to black women. We praise haughtiness. We don't really use the word haughty, but it was in Maya Angelou's poem. So she's praising it. This this, this poem might have been pretty much like the anthem. This is arguably the most popular poem amongst black women that was written by a black woman. And of course, we'll get into sexiness in a moment. But what I want to do, I want to actually look up the definition of what these words even mean. And we're going to do that in, in one second. Let me go back before I close out of this tab. Because when she's going through the poem and she's reciting the poem <laughs> in real time, she's like, does my sassiness upset you? I'm like, well, yeah, kind of. <laughs> I'm like, kind of like, why are you so aggressive? I'm just a normal person. When I <laughs> when I speak to you, I'm not speaking to you in this type of way. Um, does my haughtiness offend you? Kind of. Why are you peacocking? You know what I'm saying? I'm not walking around peacocking. I'm just trying to be a normal person. And so there's a reason why all of these things came to to uh, to be attributes that were considered good things in the black community. And maybe there was a time where these were good or these were necessary. I'm not even willing to say that. But I just want to ask the question, like, are these the attributes that you want to define you? And as I ask this question. I'm going to actually look up the definition of what these mean, because I don't want you to hear it from my mouth. I want you to hear from Webster or one of these other people that then came up with something. So let me share this screen real quick. Glory to the Lamb of God. So we're going to start with. Well, let's let's start with whatever the poem started with. So the poem started first with sassiness. OK, 
She said, does my sassiness upset you? And I'm tying this, I'm about to tie this into the word of God. So hang with me. She says, does my sassiness upset you? So let's look up the word, the definition of sassy. When you look up the definition of sassy, it says rude and disrespectful, impudent. One of them says lively and spirited, jaunty. Another says chic. And so those other two definitions, those second last two definitions are a little bit more contemporary. But <laughs> look at the first definition there. Rude and disrespectful, impudent. And so the question now becomes, why has this become, matter of fact, let's, let's read all three at once. Let's read all three and then we're just going to get into the overall discussion because I want to get to the scripture part. So we just looked up sassy. Let's look up haughty. The definition for haughty says, scornfully and condescendingly proud. A synonym, arrogant, high, lofty, bold. The other definition, disdainfully or contemptuously proud, arrogant, overbearing. Okay. Um, I'm just reading the definition, by the way. Just, just <laughs> I'm just reading the definition. And then finally, we're going to read sexy. And then we're going to really get into the meat of this. The definition of sexy, arousing or tending to arouse sexual desire or interest, highly appealing or interesting, attractive, having sexual appeal, suggestive of sex. Okay. So those are the definitions of those words that once again are the most are, are the three key words in the most iconic poem for black women. So why, why am I talking about this? Why was this poem even written? This poem was written because black women found themselves in a position to feel like they needed these attributes. And that is because of the fault of the black man. Okay, regardless of what went down, regardless of how, how it comes about, ultimately, at the end of the day, regardless of what society says today, it's the responsibility of the men of a people group to preserve and protect their women. And so. I don't know the full history of like black women from the beginning of time and all of that, but somewhere down the line, they found these attributes to be almost like a defense mechanism, almost like a survival tactic where I can't really be uh, soft or as they say today in my feminine because I don't have anything to offset me. I have to have these attributes. I have to walk around with this mentality, right? And this is the way in which I rise. You know, I, I, I can't, this is what I'm imagining that they probably think. I can't just be the way I was designed to be because I'm not in a position to be that way, right? 
And so maybe that's the y'all can actually fill me in. Maybe that's why, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Maybe that's why um these attributes are heralded. But I feel like today this has been going on for so long that we've somehow perverted in our minds that these attributes are actually good. And I just read to you the definition. And so the question I have is this poem is entitled Still I Rise. Okay. But if we're going to look at this objectively, have these attributes been beneficial? Are these attributes godly attributes? Because in a minute, I'm about to read how the word of God says that women should be of any race. And here's the deal. If I read the word of God and somebody still can't receive this, if God can't correct you, that means no one can. That means that you have become your own God. That means that you now have a goddess complex. And so what's happening now is that you take a woman like Amaya Angelou to where maybe this poem was a little bit more necessary for her. Maybe she was able to perhaps keep this in the right context, even though I still don't like the, de the definitions of the word and I still don't necessarily think it's appropriate. But what I'm trying to say is I can understand where it's coming from. But is it good? Is it good? I'm just challenging the I'm just I'm just challenging the poem. If you want to join in on this discussion, if you want to come and uh argue me down, you are welcome to. I'm gonna put the link in the description right now for anybody who wants to weigh in on this topic. But that's what it says. You know, does my sassiness upset you? Does my haughtiness upset you? So let's actually look at what the Bible says about how a woman should conduct herself. What does the Bible say about haughtiness? Um, what does the Bible say about arrogance? What does it say about any of these things? Sassiness, <laughs> you know what I mean? So let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 9. I'm not going to teach tonight. We're just having a discussion, but I just want to frame it real quick. And so 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 9 through 15. This is what the word of God says. And I got it here in King James. I'm actually reading it in the New Living Translation. And I want women to be modest in their appearance. That cancels out sexy right there. <laughs> so let me let me talk about sexy as we go through this as as we go through this because i've been talking about sassy and haughty you know you know god resists the proud okay and and that haughtiness can cause you to be resisted right but let's talk about sexiness somebody might say oh well you can't control if you're sexy some people are just born sexy that's not true <laughs> um, some people are born with the attributes to be sexy, but sexy is a mentality. Sexiness is a mindset that permeates through how you carry yourself. Sexiness is an aura that somebody may choose to have or not to have. Now, there may be certain things that maybe one or two people find sexy and you just not trying to be sexy. It happens. 
But that's much different from someone who is intentionally trying to present themselves um, immodestly. Right. And so what is modesty in the first place? Modesty is simply not being excessive or exaggerated. So modesty is not necessarily about, you know, uh, always about how much you cover up or if you got this your hair a certain type of way. But what it actually is, is about are you trying to draw attention to yourself? Are you being extreme in this particular area? Right. And so are black women in general sexy? Absolutely. They are probably the sexiest women on the planet. You know, they're the most shapely women on the planet. You know, and so in the minds of a man, uh, some people say the reptilian brain. I don't even know what that is fully. But what it is, is it makes that particular woman more appealing because because of her shape. She looks more fertile. Right. So are they naturally what you would call uh, more sexy? Yeah. <laughs> in my opinion. You know, because I'm sure that there are other men from other races who will feel that about their particular race. I'm sure I probably have an inherent bias, right? Because this is my rate, my nationality and my race, right? Not my nationality, but my race. So anyway, right? Um, yeah, you may you may have a particular attribute, but every attribute needs stewardship, right? Basically, you know what you're doing. Like, like people know what they're doing when they do stuff, but they just try to act like they just don't know what they're doing. Oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, sure you do. So it says, and I want women to be modest in their appearance. They should wear decent and appropriate clothing and not draw attention to themselves by the way they fix their hair or by wearing gold or pearls or expensive clothes. For women, and now when you read this, this is the complete opposite of what we call a baddie. This is the complete opposite of a bad chick. Uh, um, yeah, that's what they call it. my bad, a boss chick, a boss chick or a bad chick. This is the complete opposite of a boss chick, the complete opposite of a bad chick. For women who claim to be devoted to God should make themselves attractive by the good things they do women should learn quietly and submissively i do not let women teach men or have authority over them let them listen quietly for god made adam first and afterward he made eve and it was not adam who was deceived by satan the woman was deceived and sin was the result but women will be saved through childbearing Assuming they continue to live in faith, love, holiness, and modesty. And so I just wanted to read that <laughs> because it's like almost the complete opposite of uh, Maya Angelou's poem. And so where is this need coming from? Why, why are these attributes heralded? They're heralded out of deficiency. Right. When that protection is not there, when that provider is not there, when someone feels like they have to fend, fend for themselves and they have to be they have to be assertive. Right. Or at least they feel like they have to be this type of way. It's a deficiency for the lack of the male not being in his role. It's no different from a uh, like a thug feeling like he has to be the toughest guy in the room. 
right? When I when I see a bunch of haughty and arrogant, you know, uh, uh, you know, people who go out of their way to be like sassy and sexy and all this boss chick type stuff, all I see with my spiritual eyes is a deficiency. That's nothing more than a projection, right? But we all have different circumstances. We all have different reasons why we arrive at what we arrive at. My thing is, though, what are we, when I say we, I'm talking about like black women, right? What What is being embraced as the attributes we should take on? Because if this is the most popular poem, Still I Rise, and I'm not saying it's a bad poem. Like I said, I, I, can, I get it. But we're boasting in these things. And could it be that the very things that are being boasted in could be the very things that are prohibiting or making things worse in your life? The strong, so-called strongest attribute can be your biggest Achilles heel. Because the thing about arrogance and haughtiness and pridefulness and sassiness, nobody wants to be around that. It's a deterrent. The Bible says that God resists the prideful and he gives grace to the humble. God doesn't even like prideful and arrogant people. So if God doesn't like that, what makes you think that a man will like that? And so we get back to this age old discussion about, okay, this attitude problem and, and, and then making them undesirable. I'm just saying. Question the attributes, question the propaganda that's being fed. When this poem was written, it probably wasn't propaganda. But then again, I don't know. Because I go back now and I review people that were heralded as wonderful people, you know, MLK and some of these other folks. And you dig into their lives and you start to do a little more research and you start to realize, I don't even know if this person was actually good, <laughs> you know, for, for the cause. I don't know if what, you know, I'm seeing the fruit 50, 60, 70 years later of what happened. Was that even a good thing? Sometimes it was. Sometimes it wasn't. But I talk about propaganda because when the serpent came and began to, to whisper in the, in the ear of Eve, what he was whispering was propaganda. We talked about this. He was whispering independence. He was whispering uh selfish ambition he which produce arrogance right and so all i'm asking tonight and this is what i want y'all to weigh in on is you know are these attributes still good were they ever good in the first place and that's why i go back to those original questions that i started with okay what defines you specifically if you're a woman of God, right? If you're a woman of God, are you going to let the world and the circumstances of the world and the propaganda of the world define who you are as a woman? Or are you going to be obedient to what we just read in these scriptures? Because personally, <laughs> when I, when I, when I, when she got done with the poem, I was just like, wow, that's like, almost everything that's wrong with black women okay we want to say that they're sexy which they are that requires stewardship but when you take that to what we have today which is sexy red megan d stallion i know i'm not this is not all black women i shouldn't have to get this disclaimer throughout throughout this whole discussion but we got sexy red meg d, d stallion 
uh, Cardi B, Suki Hana, okay, to a lesser degree, Nick, well, probably the same degree, Nicki Minaj, Lil Kim, Foxy Brown. That's that's what the spirit of sexiness has gotten us to. It's gotten us to those people. It's gotten us to the the absence of the father in the home because we have an extremely high single motherhood rate. We need both mothers and fathers in the home. And it's gotten us to this point where these young women are being taught that your strength comes from, you know, when you look at a sexy red, a Sukihana, uh, a, a Meg D. Stallion, and how popular they are, and what all these little young, silly uh, rapper, female rappers are rapping about, or even just looking on Instagram and scrolling down your timeline at all of these baddies and BBL. That's what the spirit of haughtiness and uh, sexiness and sassiness has produced. And so the name of the poem, Still I Rise, right? I asked the question in the thumbnail, are black women rising or falling? So that's what I want you to weigh in on. That's what I want you to answer. If you want to uh, disagree, agree, whatever the case, you can hop on. Link is in the chat. I put it up there. God bless everybody joining there. Glory to the Lamb of God. But it's just amazing how when you renew your mind, right, and you hear stuff, because I probably heard that poem. Let's be realistic. I probably heard that poem at least... 10 times, right? That might not sound like much, but you got to ask yourself, like, how often do I hear a poem, right? <laughs> we don't just walk around every day just hearing poems. But I, I've heard that poem several times in life. And I always kind of deemed it as a good thing. It's like, okay, it's Maya Angelou. And, you know, it's okay. Does my assassin. Okay, that's nice. It's, you know, it's okay. Oh, you strong. You powerful. You're, you're strong. But is that where you want your strength to come from? And is that what actually makes you strong? And so one of the things I see happening, and I see a comment by Sister Unique. She says, well, as a black woman, I would say it's still both. Some are rising and some are not. I would agree with that. Yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely not a blanket statement across the board. You know what I mean? But the overall condition, you look at things like... um. Like I mentioned, um, the rate of kids being born in single parent homes, obesity rates, um, STD rates, um, different things. It's like, it's like, man, is is this a winning formula? That's all I'm asking. I'm actually just asking a question tonight. Is this a winning formula? When you see the little girl in the Instagram picture or on the Facebook picture, and she's six years old and she got her hand on her hip and her neck uh twisted all this y'all know i can't do it <laughs> i can't do it it ain't in me <laughs> it ain't in me but y'all know what i'm saying when y'all when y'all see her in that picture and she her head tilted this way the hips tilted this way the little hip she do got and then her hand on her hip this way and then she doing all this with her neck are we are we praising that What's going to be the trajectory of that? And why are we calling that strong? Is that strong? Is that strength? Is it strength? 
It might be strength. If you think it's strength, you can hop on and tell me why it's strength. I'm willing to listen. I wasn't even thinking about this. This is just because I happen to go to this program. If y'all who follow this channel, you follow me, you know, for the most part, I don't even bark up this tree. Because I know in the black community, you are under the matriarchy and you are under the gynocracy and there are certain golden calves that you just can't touch. I'm not supposed to even be suggesting that there's something wrong with this poem called Still I Rise by Maya Angelou. But I'm looking at it objectively. I'm looking at it for the long term of the fruit of the, the spirit that came out of this poem. I'm looking at the long term of, okay, what if we take this to its logical conclusion? Black woman, boast in your sassiness, boast in your sexiness, boast in your haughtiness. And so when I say it comes out of deficiency, sometimes what happens with marginalized people is that it's almost like your worst attribute becomes your best attribute because that's all you have. And I'm not saying innately this is what black women uh, only have, but listen to what I'm saying. When you're a street dude, you grow up in the projects, you grow up in the hood, whatever the case may be, you don't have much. So you begin to boast in your hood. You begin to boast in your toughness, in your gang, in your bodies. It's like if this, these negative attributes are all that I perceive myself as. And I need to have some sort of esteem about myself as a person, as a man, right? I'm going to boast in the fact that, okay, I may not have X, Y, and Z, but if you say the wrong thing to me, me and my dudes will knock you out. So, where did these things originate? Are they still relevant today? Is it possible that there can be a renewing of the mind as to how black women identify themselves. A lot of this comes from absent fathers. You grew up in one of these cities, one of these East coast cities. You don't, you know, maybe you grew up in that same neighborhood. The example I was talking about to do, it's going to make you tough. <laughs> it's that's just how it is. But even if you didn't have an earthly father, you can have a, a spiritual father in the sense of God. And he can become your father. And when he becomes your father, that means that you begin to get under his mindset. The mind has to be renewed. Because the, 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 the defense mechanisms that you picked up out of survival those aren't going to benefit you in the long run. The kicking and scraping, that's that was maybe for a season, if even then. So what's the logical conclusion of these things? I see some comments here. Let me get to these and then I'm going to get into it. Stephanie says, so disheartening, man. I strongly agree with at Unique. Yeah. Unique says, it's all in what we highlight, though. In my opinion, I heard some positive and negative definitions of the words you mentioned. 
So it's all in what you highlight. So I agree with that. It's sometimes it's the connotation that you put on it, but we just read those, those definitions. Right. And if, if it was like a standalone, if it was a standalone attribute, then I might let that slide. But when you combine the three things, <laughs> things we just read, haughty, sassy and sexy, I got to ask myself, OK, what does that roll into? What does that roll into? Right. What, it, what, what type of person in, uh, am I creating if I'm building this person? And I'm going to say, I'm going to give them a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of this. You're almost building a narcissist. You're almost building a narcissist. The deficiency thing is real. This is something that I notice a lot just on, say, social media, for example. Like when, when black women and i guess sometimes black men but i see this more with black women like say if you see a meme and it's this idea of a relationship or a marriage i'll oftentimes see like this portrait of a king and a queen right <laughs> and it's not the same image i'm not saying that it's one particular image but whether it be in words or whether it be in imagery it's like this idea that when we come together, we're going to be kings and queens, like we're going to rule the world. But when you look at other races and their idea of marriage, it's it's not really this whole thing of like, oh, we got to be a king and a queen. It's just kind of like you meet somebody with shared values. Y'all love each other. Y'all work to build something together. Y'all come together and you build a nice family. You're ordinary people like John Legend. But the problem with deficiency, this is why deficiency is dangerous and, and deficiency comes with the lack of fatherhood. The problem with deficiency is that you 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 feel like you have to build yourself back up from everything that was lost. So I can't be a regular person in a regular marriage. I've got to be a, a queen and I've got to have a king. Right. It's because it comes from deficiency. It's like, well, I used to listen to Cash Money. They used to have a, a, a song I used to like. It said, acting like a, you know, N-word <laughs> that ain't never had S-word, right? But what they were saying is, because I got my hands on some money and I've never had any money, when I get this money, I'm going to let you know I got this money. <laughs> I'm going to be stunting. I'm going to have... Uh, five gold chains around my neck. I'm going to have $350,000 worth of jewelry and diamonds around my neck. I'm going to have earrings. I'm going to have a Lamborghini outside with the suicide doors. I'm going to have about five baddies because I'm coming from deficiency and I'm overcompensating and I have to project. And so the problem with this, this king queen mindset is like, okay, it, it, it eliminates you from just dating a plumber. <laughs> you know what I mean? What if it's a guy? You, you know, I watch these dating shows. The expectations, and by dating shows, I mean like these online dating shows. The expectations of what what is wanted out of a man, and usually the ones I watch are like black people, out of a black man can be ridiculous. I watched the Kendra G show, right? 
Now, it ain't super ridiculous to me. I actually check a lot of those boxes, you know, but so I'm not complaining. <laughs> but um, but it's like the man almost has to be perfect. Because we're not doing struggle love. We're not we're not doing, OK, you you work hard and I work hard and we come together and we can make something happen. We're not doing none of that. I'm a boss chick. I'm a baddie. I'm haughty. I'm sexy and I'm sassy. And I ain't got time to be dealing with no nine to five dude. If you are nine to five, you better be bringing a hundred K, 250 K, half a million. Sound ridiculous. I've heard it, watched it with my own eyes. And so there has to be a healing because all of this is coming from trauma it's coming from deficiency and it's a projection. The strongest man in the room doesn't have to walk in a room like this and just let you know he's the strongest man in the room. You're going to know he's the strongest man in the room when he walks in. Right? The real people who got it, they don't really have to tell you that they got it. So my thing is like, okay, you writing this poem and you got these mentalities and these attitudes and you're telling me that you have this and that. And that. If you really had it, you wouldn't have to really tell me. And if you are telling me, you're just kind of being a bit of a narcissist. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're just, you're just kind of being a little bit arrogant. And so the fascinating thing is that I've noticed that there's a movement where they call it a soft life or the soft girl movement. And this is kind of like an online thing. And I think it's with um, all races of women, but I see it mostly with black women. And maybe it's because I, you know, that's what I, that's what finds itself on my timeline most. And because we're probably overrepresented in social media also. <laughs> um, but it's this idea of, of the soft life where some women are coming to the conclusion. I don't want to be strong no more. I'm going to believe the word of God when it says I'm the weaker vessel. Not that that makes me weak. It just says that I'm the weaker vessel. Right. Not that that makes me less valuable. It's just literally talking about a vessel as an earthly bodysuit. But I'm not going to fight against that. I'm going to look at what the Bible says about what a woman should be. Now, some some of this soft life. Now, before let me let me let me give a disclaimer on this soft life stuff before I get too deep into it. This is being taken a lot of different ways. So you got this femininity movement of women saying, okay, all my life I had to fight, or at least I've been telling myself I have to fight. I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of working a nine to five like a man. I'm ready to just be in my feminine energy, as they say, and just live a soft life. Okay. So you got the soft life in the context of the femininity movement. But then you have the soft life in the context of it being this luxurious, I'm not going to work, I'm not going to lift a finger, I'm going to be flewed out, I'm going to have trips to Dubai, and I'm just living a luxurious life on some man's dime, right? So 
it's almost two different things. But what I'm talking about mainly is just the idea that I see women making an attempt to be more feminine. And I think that's a good thing if it's sincere. <laughs> you know what I mean? If it's sincere. But uh, I don't know. Y'all tell me, like, what what you feel about these these attributes, you know, because it wouldn't surprise me if that when you read my title, you might have been thinking like, man, are those even good qualities? You might have been thinking, oh, what does he have to say about that? And all I'm literally doing is just saying the exact same attributes that Maya Angelou praised. That's all I'm doing, literally just <laughs> just reciting exactly what she said was a good thing and just asking the question, okay, is this a good thing? Is it actually a good thing? Let's look at some scriptures about, you know, uh, what the Bible says, right? And one of them that always stood out to me is Isaiah chapter three, I believe. It's either chapter three or four. Let me look. Isaiah chapter three. And I think the Lord is talking about the daughters of Zion in this passage. Let me make sure this is the one I want. Let me find it. And I'm going to be honest with you. Like when I read this scripture, <laughs> when I read this scripture, this make me question if black people really are the, uh, the Hebrews like them people be saying they are. Because <laughs> the type of woman that's described here, I'd be like, that sounds like black women. You know, you're going to see what I'm talking about in a minute when I read it. If I can get to it by the grace of God. Once again, anybody want to join that? <clears throat> you know, go ahead and join that. Glory to the Lamb of God. I am just on here getting in trouble tonight, not doing too much. <laughs> but, you know, this, this, like I said, I didn't come here to fight. You know what I mean? I, I really just came here to have a discussion and ask that question and to just make us think just like I, th I was thinking. When I heard that poem. Because so often we can just hear stuff. It's Isaiah chapter three. I was right. I did all that just to go back to where I was, <laughs> um, because sometimes we just hear stuff. And we just take it on and then we even place it over. It's no different from the song Independent. I-N-D-E-P-E-N-D-E-N-T. Do you know that meme? We was all in the club singing that. Now we all single. <laughs> we 40 years old and single. <laughs> I'm talking about myself included, though. Don't, don't catch feelings. <laughs> uh, but you know what I'm saying? And now you question, like, dang, should we have even been praising that song the way we did because that song came from the world and uh, i'm not saying everything that comes from the world is necessarily wicked but a lot of the stuff that comes from the world is deceptive 
And that's where I get back into propaganda to say, okay, you know what I mean? Have I been biting an apple, even if it came from a fellow black woman like Maya Angelou, that maybe I shouldn't have bit? Or am I still eating this apple that was okay for me to eat, but this is no longer necessary for me? What is it produced? The Bible says that wisdom is justified of her children. That means that the fruit of a decision will tell you if it's wise, if it was a wise decision or a bad decision. So we're looking at Isaiah, right? Isaiah, and we're going to start at verse 16. And it says this, Moreover, the Lord saith, because the daughters of Zion are haughty. Now, here's the thing, right? Like, y'all probably, I'm talking to y'all. This don't even probably apply to the, 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 the sisters on my channel. But don't we see this in the church? Don't a lot of the women in the church resemble the women from the world? The same outfits, same style, same hairstyle, same mentality, same haughtiness, same sexiness in the church, which is why we even got to have this conversation. So it says this, moreover, the Lord saith, because the daughters of Zion are haughty and walk with stretched forth necks and wanton eyes. What are wanton eyes? Uh, matter of fact, let's do it this way. I'm just going to take y'all straight to uh, NLT. That way I ain't even got to do it. I ain't even got to teach. We just going to read it this way. <laughs> matter of fact, it's better because it's talking about the exact word that we're talking about. The Lord says, Beautiful Zion is haughty, craning her elegant neck, flirting with her eyes, walking with dainty steps, tinkling her ankle bracelets. So the Lord will send scabs on her head. The Lord will make beautiful Zion bald. On that day of judgment, the Lord will strip away everything that makes her beautiful. Ornaments, headbands, crescent necklaces, earrings, bracelets, and veils, scarves, ankle bracelets, sashes, perfumes, and charms, rings, jewelry, party clothes, gowns, capes, and purses, mirrors, fine linen, garments, head ornaments, and shawls. Instead of, instead of smelling of sweet perfume, she will stink. She will wear a rope for a sash and her elegant hair will fall out. She will wear rough burlap instead of rich robes. Shame will replace her beauty. The men of the city will be killed with the sword and her warriors will die in battle. The gates of Zion will weep and mourn. The city will be like a ravaged woman huddled on the ground. And so the Lord uses this metaphor. He uses this metaphor. Sorry about the scrolling. He uses this metaphor. Oh, crud. I was supposed to be recording this uh, video. <clears throat> he uses this, <laughs> this metaphor, right? Talking about the daughters of Zion. And he gives all of these grievances that he has. One of which is the same grievance that is found in that poem that we read. He says... Beautiful Zion is haughty, craning her elegant neck. 
You know what that is? That's this. I can't do it. Hold on. <laughs> I can't do it because I ain't got I ain't got enough like sugar in my tank. But y'all know what I'm talking about. That neck thing, that neck roll, flirting with her eyes, walking with dainty steps, tinkling her ankle bracelets. The Lord will send scabs on her head and make beautiful Zion bald, bald head scallywag. Okay, that's what that's what it's saying. Stripping away everything that makes her beautiful. So in other words, the glory. He's saying that the glory will depart. That shame will replace her beauty. And so all I want to do is just ask this question tonight. What is the winning formula? Is it the things that are being praised in the black community when it comes to making your boast and finding your strength in those things that we talked about? We can read them definitions one more time. The definition of sassy, rude and disrespectful, impudent, lively and spirited, jaunty, stylish, chic, sexy, arousing or tending to arouse sexual desire or interest, highly appealing or interesting, attractive, having sexual appeal, suggestive of sex. Ask yourself, is this how I want to be viewed? And be real. Some folks do. <laughs> some folks do i mean be real with yourself if you walk in a room and you want the guys to find you sexy be real with yourself but then ask yourself okay is that how god want me to be presenting or or thinking of myself if somebody else find you sexy so be it i don't consider myself sexy you know but you know one person told me that they're a, a sapiosexual meaning they like intellectual people uh, and they was like, that's sexy. I'm like, okay, I don't get it. But okay, if you like it, I love it. But then we got to ask ourselves, you know what I'm saying? Is this beneficial? Okay, haughty, scornfully and condescendingly proud, arrogant, <laughs> high, lofty. Sorry, I'm trying not to laugh. I'm, I'm a little bit of a jerk. High, lofty, bold, disdainfully or contemptuously proud, arrogant, overbearing. I know I'm barking up the wrong tree. I didn't even come to criticize. I just came to ask questions. It just made me think. It just made me think. I was like, man, that she's like, does my haughtiness offend you? I was like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not I'm not trying to be arrogant. <laughs> I don't want to deal with an arrogant person. <laughs> I just want to walk into the room and treat you with respect, and you treat me with respect. You know, but. I don't need all the neck. I don't need all the eye rolling. I don't need the cutting of the eyes. Like, like be real with y'all. Y'all love that stuff. Y'all love when somebody reads somebody, you know, one, one woman say something to another woman and then it start getting real catty. And then it's like, oh, I, oh, she read her or she cut her eyes this way or she rolled her neck. This y'all be loving that stuff. Not all y'all, but just be all I'm saying. Just be real. <laughs> just be real. That's one of the issues with this country. We can't have real conversations without somebody being so-called canceled. And have would I been would I've adopted 
this poem that I'm sure a lot of y'all probably like, uh, it's, for some people, it might be their favorite poem. Y'all might know it by heart. And once again, I'm not saying that you throw the whole thing away. I'm just saying, okay, what am I taking in? What am I taking in? You know, what's being fed to me? How has it benefited me? Where has it gotten me? So that's what it boils down to. Um, still I rise. So I believe that there's a lot to be hopeful about. I believe that God is in a season of mending, um, mending the genders and ending the gender war. Now, the gender war is not going to end, right? It's just not going to end because the devil doesn't want it to end. But what we can do is we can uh, leave that war to the world and decide that we're going to come under the mindset of whatever God is saying about this situation. Whatever God tells me a man should be, whatever God tells me a woman should be, they can deal with that. I'm not going to be a casualty of that because I'm no longer participating in it. And so for those who have ears to hear, God is, is mending things, right? And this is something I see happening a lot. I see so many godly women who are married that are training other women on how to be godly wives. I see single women sometimes, you know, training women on how to be women. And I see that gaining a lot of traction. The men are coming next because the men have been fed a lot of stuff. And the men have started listening because the men, the men have had to adapt and adjust and respond. And the world is giving a specifically black men. But really, this is, this is a, a an American problem. This is a Western problem. The world has given a solution and a lot of men have bought into it, just like feminism gave women a, a solution to whatever problems they had back then. Right now, the devil's like, okay, I didn't, I definitely conquered the women. Now I'm about to conquer these men and just have everybody at odds with one another. And so what God is doing now is that he's nipping it in the bud and he's saying, okay, now the men are going to have to come and there's going to have to be a resolution for those who want it. It's only for those who have ears to hear. I'm actually about to come out with a separate youtube channel called only for the ears it's not out yet so don't look it up but um <clears throat> hopefully by march by next month by april at the latest if i stop playing around it's going to be a channel dedicated to really these issues that we're talking about tonight right biblical manhood even biblical womanhood and exposing the lies that have come from the world because listen a lot of this stuff that gets popular it wouldn't get popular like that if there wasn't something sinister behind it 
right? The devil wouldn't be letting us. He he loves this stuff. When they all, when everybody get a microphone and everybody get on social media and they start going here and talking about, oh, you know, um, black men ain't this and black women ain't this. He loves that. He loves it. <laughs> the devil, he loves it. So I see some comments here and we're going to get to these. God bless everybody joining in. I put the link in there earlier. I'm probably about to hop off now. I'll put it in there one last time in case anybody want to hop on. But uh, let me go back up to where I left off. Sister, uh, oh, you don't change your name on me, sister. <laughs> sister Dahlia, God bless you. She says, hello, brother Greg and family. I absolutely agree with you on this topic. This is what happens when we don't keep the Lord in the center of our lives. And listen, it's easy to fall into. As a man, there's, there's a bunch of little stuff they didn't came out with down because you be like, man, you be like, man, it sound good. You know, if <laughs> you know, if you if you if you feel like nobody has acknowledged me or I'm being overlooked as a woman and you walk in a room and you just like doing all this, look at me. It feels good because, like I said, it's coming. It's It's a response. It's a response to something that was missing. And so I'm, I'm not faulting that per se. I'm just asking us to examine it. And so we men and women have to go to the Lord and say, God, whatever I am lacking, whatever I missed, whatever area where I feel deficient or I feel like I, I, I have wanted something that I didn't get or I didn't get validated the way that I want to want to be validated. It's, it's, you know what it's like? It's almost like a bad child acting out. It's like a bad child or let me not say a bad child. It's like a child acting out who feels like, oh, I didn't get attention. You, you weren't paying attention to me when I was in the corner minding my business. So now I'm going to make you pay attention to me. I'm going to walk in this room and command this room and I need all eyes on me. And yeah, I got to, I'm sassy and I'm haughty and I'm sexy. So what? You should have looked at me in the first place. It's all, it's like a cry. And I'm not here to, to demonize it. I'm just here to say, okay, examine it. Look at where you are. Look at, look at, you know, why, why am I acting out this way? Y'all know the age old stereotype, black women got an attitude. I ain't about to get into no more trouble tonight, you know, but, but if that's the case, why is that the case? Like I said, black men got a large role to play because at the end of the day, I'm, y'all know I'm super traditional. I feel like it, the men, you know, are responsible, but then also, it ain't really all the men that dropped the ball because specifically in the black community, it became incentivized to bypass the man. So I can get these social services, but the only way that a woman can get these social services is that there cannot be a man in the house. And so what you get is you get, okay. I can deal with this brother and we can have some struggle love or 
you know, he doing whatever he doing or whatever, and we can just try to make it work. Or, or maybe I don't even know what his job situation is now. Or I can just have these kids and just get these benefits. And for whatever reason, I wasn't alive back then. The God says, have a family. He says, a husband and a wife is God, Christ, husband, wife, children. Y'all seen that umbrella? That's the model that God has. The government offered a different model. It was supposed to be like a safety net. But what it ended up doing was it, it started incentivizing people to go against the model of God. And so then they say, OK, well, you can either have God or you can have money. And then what did he do? He started offering more education. He started offering more empowerment. So now. Now the woman, she it, this ain't even a woman that's uh broke with uh, no kids. Now, I mean, broke with kids, you know, on, on social services with kids. Now I'm talking about the, the educated PhD who has priced herself out of the market because she wants a man that makes more than her. <laughs> There's a ton of programs for, uh, you know, minority women and stuff like that to go to school, you know, for whatever reason, black men don't have as much college enrollment as black women, Right. So it's something going on in this system. And y'all know I'm not a person to blame the system. You got to you got to work your way through the system and make it work. But if I'm being honest, it's 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 designed to put a battery in the back of the woman. So she comes to the decision. Either I don't need a man because I got I make two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. What do I need a man for? Right. Or you know, hypergamy, which is just the idea that a woman wants a man that's either at her level or above. Okay. If if you're a black woman and you make $150,000 a year, okay. And you're looking at your pool of men, it becomes scarce. And so it's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a dirty world. I'm trying to tell you, it's a dirty world. It's a dirty world. Um. Sister D said, uh, Dahlia says, speaking as a Christian woman, I can't get my ways of thinking from the culture. Unfortunately, this behavior has crept into the church over the decades. Man. Let me read that again. <clears throat> speaking as a Christian woman, I can't get my ways of thinking from the culture. Okay, I see what you're saying. You're saying that as a Christian woman, you should not be getting your ways of thinking from the culture. But then you're saying, unfortunately, this behavior has crept into the church over the decades. Stephanie says, the Lord says the women of Zion are haughty, walking along with outstretched necks, flirting with their eyes, strutting along with swaying hips, with ornaments jingling and their ankles. Yeah, that was that scripture I was looking for. Appreciate that. Dahlia says, as we read in scripture, nothing new is under the sun. Wow. Unique say, uh, says, what was that that you read again? I remember something similar in Deuteronomy. Yes, yeah, sister, I was reading Isaiah chapter three, and I think I started at verse 16. She says, and I get what you mean now, and I have to go back and read that poem. Read it. 
read it. It'd be like rap song. You ever listen to as a believer? You ever listen to an old rap song or especially an old R&B song, right? And it's like, this used to be your jam. And then you get saved and you hear it somewhere or, or maybe you just decide you want to be a little bit bad and go back and listen to it. And you actually hear the words. And you'd be like, man, I was listening to this song when I was like 12 years old. <laughs> Ain't no wonder <laughs> I made the decisions that I made. You know, I thought it was just a song. I thought it ain't have an impact on me. She says, oh, thank you. Okay, okay cool, cool, cool. Uh, Dahlia says, the Lord cleaned me up and still my heart and behavior years ago from operating to a degree by the culture, culture standards. I know the Lord wouldn't have me brought, my bad. I know the Lord wouldn't have brought my husband and I together if I was still operating in the same way. Ladies, we must lean on the Lord for everything. Amen. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. It's got to be God's way. And I understand that circumstances, life, we're going to get on the minute in a few weeks. I got a uh, discussion coming up with uh, Brother Randy and Brother Ray, maybe in like two weeks from now. So don't worry. I'm a demand. It's, it's, it's going to be equal opportunity smoke, but question it, question it. That's all. So listen, family, y'all have been great. Y'all have been amazing. We'll figure out how much trouble I got into tonight, but I definitely appreciate y'all hanging out with me for a little bit. God is good. I'm trying to think, is there any announcements? Not really sure. I can't think of them now, but always check the community tab of this channel. That's why I'll be putting all the updates, all of the weekly devotionals, all of the polls, all of the blog writings are being shared on the community tab of this channel. So with that being said, I appreciate y'all. Love y'all. We'll see if I'm on here next week. <laughs> well, we'll see if y'all are on here next week. I'll probably be on, but we'll see if y'all back next week. You all take care and be blessed. This is Sonic Talk. Speaking out loud yeah, 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 yeah. Check it out Speaking out loud in depth Cancel culture can't keep me in check And from beginning gotta tell us what's next True believers they can come and connect Call in or even come as a guest And show each other respect I keep it solid I'm dropping knowledge Wisdom understanding just like you done went to college Devil know we working His goal is to try to stop it Helmet of salvation and shield of faith that'll block it Controversial topics just to keep it honest Truth hit hard just like it's a blunt object Culture living godless I can't even call it We in the last days Babylon is falling don't kill the messenger, I can't mess with ya Points got a plethora, this life will keep on testing ya Just walk and get the best of ya I'm trying to tell you bruh, only a the Shelby say We trying to get the rest Speaking of ya Speaking out loud in depth, cancel culture can't keep me in check In from beginning, gotta tell us what's next True believers, they can come and connect Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect 
Spiritual wickedness in high places Trying to cause division with the people and the races Jesus gave commission, say go out to all the nations So we streaming live on television and the stations No, we taking off like asteroids up in the spaces The cross was Eddie Murphy, Dan Aykroyd, we trading places The lost must understand that we cannot be void of graces So we preach it to a generation that is faithless Understand his greatness, ancient of the ages Written on my heart, the red letters of the pages The blood of Jesus covers all my sin and it erases I pleaded and believe it so it covers all my bases Speaking out loud in depth, cancel culture can't keep me in check And from beginning gotta tell us what's next True believers they can come and connect Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect Try and keep my sanity amongst calamity Social media nothing more than narcissistic vanity PC culture on a mission and they try to cancel me But I know Jesus gonna keep me covered like a canopy Blood give me amnesty, no I can't handle me Not where I wanna be, but best believe I plan to be Flesh wrestle against the spirit, main event and slambery So I need him every day, this daily, weekly, annually Iron sharp as iron, so I'm strengthened by my brethren We may not meet down here, but guaranteed the link in heaven The born again and righteous are the ones he's gonna let in Let's keep the faith and be amongst the saints when they step in